see i personally feel coming from an this is very honestly i'm telling coming from middle class for a lot of us indian entrepreneurs the first money is very important yeah. and coming on you know economic times right about you people start talking about you self give you so much of high a <coughs> lot of time the mission get lost so welcome to outliers this is a podcast with outliers and uh, you know i'm i'm really excited to be sitting down with manav garg uh, if you haven't heard about him uh, you know the i it was uh, i think 8 9 years ago uh, at least 8 years ago that i first heard, heard about eka and uh, i always thought you are an outlier because you were a revenue company keeping so low profile <laughs> uh, i mean you know i think there are different reasons for being seen as an outlier but this is stuck with me forever because uh, uh we used to track lots of companies uh, who were chasing wild dreams and uh, not making revenue but their profiles were so, so fancy so you you really stood out in terms of, when it comes to contrast right so so that for me has stayed with me and and, and i'm really excited that that you have stayed that way all these years uh so those of you who don't know about eka and manav uh, eka is a company that uh, helps you know that that digitizes the commodity world and we will learn more about it how it does it uh, it is uh, over 30 million dollars in revenue uh, profitable profitable he's nodding <laughs> and uh, manav is someone like a, i mentioned really low profile so it makes uh, conversations with him even more uh, rare and <laughs> insightful so welcome to the podcast manav thank you thank you pankaj okay good so i'm not carrying my usual equipment today it is being recorded on iphone sorry if it sounds like blending but i love that uh, let's start from the start manav um so how 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 did you get into uh, how did you become an entrepreneur or what were some of the early things uh, in terms of lessons or either growing up or education G- give me a sense of who you are so so you know especially i see now my children's thing in bangalore and going to all these international schools so i have actually totally different upbringing so i was brought up in a very small town called moga in punjab and even till plus 2 i couldn't speak a word of english though we were in english medium school back then you know there was no internet no telephones even back then my grandfather used to still read urdu newspaper so i am brought up in a total punjabi heartland at that time so i still remember when we were in plus 2 and from our town nobody ever met to any either engineering college or even iit okay. so we went to professor and four of us were intelligent we said no we want to go to iit he saying i have never heard of iit what is this about <laughs> he saying don't do that you simply go back to you know to your father and son mm. small uh, your grand uncle and start some business that's how the typically small punjab town profile was and even today also a lot of sure. them are like that so from there we said okay fine and we literally stopped studying so my 6 months of plus 2 where people study the most we just stopped studying saying this professor is really a known professor in town he said you guys cannot get through anything don't even try <laughs> and you won't believe we simply went into exam and we wrote it and we i went to rsc another friend of mine went to rsc in kurukshetra another friend of mine so all we went to rscs so that was <laughs> that was the main turning point from going from a small town to rsc was the first point then rsc 
I am coming from Punjabi heartland. Fortunately, the government's good policy, RECs has fifty percent students come from outside of states. Yes. You know, four from each state. Yeah. So there, actually, my transformation of even learning English started. Mm-hmm. Because people from northeast will Correct. play guitar. <laughs> there were people from Bombay who will speak English, and then I participated. So that four years was a, actually a transformative years for me. When I started everything, <coughs> I which I do today, from reading to speaking to writing in English and talking in public, everything actually started from that time. Nice. So I started from literally from scratch of reading the first English book I read uh, that time Sydney Sheldon I started reading and that's all first English song Cliff Richards I still remember the the guy from Mumbai is playing Michael Jackson and I couldn't understand a single word I said how oh, is that possible that I can't even understand an English English word though I topped in English in tenth in written exam but it's more about the talking yeah side. yeah talking <coughs> and understanding and also so that was a transformative year. And that time also, I think uh, in, in uh, RSC also, I brought about a lot of change. So by the time of fourth year, I brought a lot of change in the way debates are done, oh. the way the organization is done. And that time also, we decided a small venture in the college itself. There was a venture? <laughs> yeah, yes, a small venture of uh, of trading in uh, you know ideas and t-shirts, put it ideas and tell each other. Because in RSC, the problem was the integration was a big problem mm. among uh, students from various states. So we started small in that. We made one lakh rupees. I still remember. <laughs> That's quite a money. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, uh, I came back to Chandigarh. My parents had moved to Chandigarh from Moga because of terrorism that time. So we have lived in that period when we used to hear the gunshots all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then we then they shifted <coughs> to Chandigarh. I came back to Chandigarh. And I still remember I wanted to be an entrepreneur right away. So I asked my, my father. I just it, My father actually uh, was a very good engineer. He was, uh, you know, AGM with... Uh, Nangal fertilizer, the national fertilizers limited in, in Nangal, and he always wanted to start a business, so he started four time and failed four time. And you wouldn't believe that every time he went, started a job, all <coughs> money he lost zero again, did a job again, lost. So he had such a huge resolve. So during my bringing up, we saw this ups and downs all the time. So that became a part of nature. Hmm. He used jobs to fund his next entrepreneurial yeah, 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 that's right. And he was an excellent engineer, but he was not a great commercial man. But a great resolve to try, keep on trying different things. Hmm. And so, therefore, that was always in my mind that I want to start something and be successful. We'll see. We'll try. Hmm. So, I said, I want to start. So, Chandigarh is known for all this hardware. That Jaguar is from Chandigarh, you know that, right? So, I went to my father saying, 70 lakhs is required. He's saying, I don't have any money right now. And then I said, fine, let's do an MBA. At least we'll figure something out. And then I wrote the exam. I went, got through GBIMS, IFT, and I chose IFT. That's how the IFT journey. IFT also my experience from people learning actually went to next stage because I have we had 20 people from IITs, few St. Stephen guys, uh, LSR guys. So for me, see I'm coming from a very small town. So coming from Moga to Jalandhar to Amritsar uh, to Chandigarh itself is a big shift. Yeah. The cultural shift is huge. Yes. You, know, you will see people doing parties, all these <laughs> things. We are not used to that. We are very focused in our uh, small towns. And then from going from Chandigarh to Delhi was another big shift for me. And then talking to people at the national level, understand the learnings and all. So I had a very good learning even in IFT. So my biggest takeaway from IFT was learning from the people that I met actually at IFT. What was one learning that you I think w- one learning was that uh, the way people, the difference I found that with IIT and strange given is the perspective in, they had a larger horizon to look after things, right? While all of us are intelligent, once you have basic intelligence, you can figure most of the things. But perspective and exposure makes a lot of difference, right? So when you write or do something, I'm thinking, it's like giving, when Tom Cruise give a shot, he thinks of word as a market, right? 
when an indian actor gives a shot he thinks india as a market so what perspective you give when you do an action makes a lot of difference and that's where yeah that's where i learned that if if you're an iit because you have alumni who have gone to the us you're thinking about you know global you your picture starts turning a little bit more global than if you were in rsc biggest difference because they have alumni who have gone to caltech harvard this thing similarly same stephen alumni who have gone to iim this that we didn't have the flexibility in rsc in general so your perspective is very small right so you're thinking only india that time when i was in rsc ki kahin kis somehow less reach delhi right because the guy sitting coming from those colleges thinking global yeah so that's what the biggest learning was that how do you really think global and therefore every action and everything you start will become very different and how was career like what was your first job yeah so career was very interesting so at ift hindustan labor as most was the day zero job same was two companies olam and gp group we were international postings very good salaries 10000 dollars a month uh, salary that those days and international posting <coughs> So somehow I was I am a very nationalist. I said no, we will stay in India. We will do something. We will brand things. So huge branding fan at that point in time. Uh, even I talked, went to all the IIMs. I won some competitions, everything, all on branding. So we have a, this day zero interview comes, and I pass through the first few rounds. So we have one man one job offer concept. So if a company offers you, if you yeah. don't accept, you are out of the placement process. So both Hindustan Labor and GP, which are top two companies in day zero, are going in parallel. GP called me first, and I told GP guys I'm not interested. Can I take Hindustan Labor first, and then I will come back to you if I'm not selected? Say no. Either you, you if you say no, placement officer, then you are out of the process. So they pushed me into GP's room. So I still remember. So there were three managing directors came from London, Singapore, and the US of the company. Uh, so they asked me why do you want to join uh, GP? I said actually I don't. Sir, I don't want to join your company. It is a process. I am here. I am mostly interested in branding, and you are opposite of branding. You are only doing international trading, which is commodities, which has its own excitement of international travel, everything. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I have never travelled outside of uh, India, so my exposure is also very limited. Right. So therefore, please don't select me. Uh, <laughs> so they said, okay, branding means what? I told them branding means that you know, creating new products, <coughs> India is a nascent market. Market will grow, so new more brands will come. So they so they had few asked me a personal background where are you from all these things and they said give us two minutes they came back saying we want to select you <laughs> they think because you are the only outlier in all the people who come in because everybody is saying we want to go to we love traveling yeah. we love this we don't know you are the only person who is saying this is what and you are very passionate about what you are doing what you want to do so we will make you an offer. You were an outlier since the start. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really progressive of them to think like this. Yeah, very very progressive. And then they said, okay, fine. And then I went to so my first job was G Prem G, great job on the campus. Everybody is clapping, and I am calling my home to my mother from Punjab. We very close to families, right? Yeah. And never come out of Punjab, which means you will stay within that region. So I said, I am going abroad. So it's like a major shift. My parents were saying, fine, if you want to grow, grow. So that's our first job. Then I landed in G Prem G. I landed to rice desk, international rice trading, looking at that. Then my boss was next to me was a coffee desk. which was even more international 55 countries grow coffee and the countries who grow coffee do not consume much of coffee apart from india mm. so i went to my boss saying i am interested in coffee industry because the again the global horizon is far bigger so my he was ex dutch dutch guy ex goldman guy they hired he said fine you want to move from rice to coffee i'll speak to the manager and move you there <coughs> so i moved there and that become actually the biggest turning point in my life actually there on my desk in a trading desk i had 12 nationalities working with me 
singaporean to thais to dutch to english and you know i got huge amount of cultural exposure mm-hmm. and the trade was very very global mm-hmm. so with my boss we grew the desk they were starting that as a new desk from 50 million to 500 half a billion dollars in 2 years <coughs> and i opened up direct relationship with hundreds of companies including nestle and levantas of the world i went around the world tasting coffee understanding the supply side and and the demand side options futures everything and that gave me such a huge grounding in 2 years then i said at that point time like i want to leave and do something on my own and my boss i told my boss 6 months back that i am going to leave i am going to do something crazy what year was this 1998 uh, i joined 2000 hmm. year 2000 wow. so my boss said don't leave because you are a great trader you will earn millions in bonuses wait for another few years this is great for the background it's a great earning and my parents were also very happy 10000 dollars a month uh, great job traveling around the world so it, i can't ask couldn't ask for more and they were full freedom to do whatever you want to do like my first trip to italy saying hey is a ticket you go to italy and figure it out <laughs> so first time a guy from punjab landing in italy without any hotel booking figure out your hotel booking figure out the customer call the customer break into that all that i did and during that time that was an amazing journey <coughs> then one fine day i suddenly left my job i didn't talk to my parents i didn't talk to my single friend because what i have seen my friends were always talking want to do something but they will do this analysis paralysis because all coming from middle class families have this huge if your job is good who will leave your job right and you can never get over that hump i simply literally left my job from like one night to the morning i went straight home saying i am leaving now and that's about it this was 2000 year 2000 what a year to become an entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> that right that's right down to end and whole mark i had no clue i am in a trading world right i had no i had no word of what dot com is i had no idea of software back then please understand that good for you i am in a physical world of dealing in coffee traveling on the world plantations <coughs> like that so i'm fully into agriculture world no clue we don't even use any such software apart from market going up and down that's it so i had no clue what's happening in the dot com this and nothing else so i left my job in 2000 and then figure out okay what has to be done so what i thought was that i had one year of salary which i had saved he said ki will come back to india somebody will give me a job and we'll figure out if something doesn't work out so i had given myself one year oh you did okay because i had saved one year no or yeah. 10000 in india how much we got we don't have that you know luxury lifestyle so you can save quite a bit during that time so i had one year of my own money which i could survive on my own so that's how the venture started so was that eka No, that time uh, my idea was to connect all the coffee companies around the world and start a trading platform. Hmm. That's how I left my job. Then when I started, I said it'll take four months to figure out what kind of design I want to have. So I actually designed everything on paper. Because I have, see, apart from excellent word, I didn't knew and didn't know any software. So I started designing everything on 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 the on the what you call today HTML page on on a paper. So wrote everything down and started designing it, and then I figured out that. apart from trading people also need a back office operations automation that's how actually it started and then i went to start to use my own money start going to europe us people who i knew and who used to travel before <coughs> sat with them designed it then i came back then now i called me some friends they said india some funding is getting started why don't you look for a funding so i still remember i met uh, you know the guy from uh, chase in indonesian capital okay. this is called Uh, they were a JP Morgan Chase that time. They were yes. very few early venture capital in India, so they had no clue of how they fund a guy like that who had no plan. So that's the only person I met. Then I said, why don't you go back to my chairman of my group? He's also known entrepreneur. You know, he's a Forbes 19 in Asia, <coughs> very very rich. He is Western founded company. So I, simp- I never knew him. I simply went and knocked down on his door. Just like sit like this. 
I just one fine day I just go back into the office in Bangkok and I knocked on his door he saying sir can I come in here I have time why don't you come and luckily he had time so so in 15 minutes I told him this is what I want to do and he asked me how much money is it million dollars he said fine so that's 20 minutes my first funding was closed wow <laughs> nothing no pitch deck absolutely nothing i had this is when i have no idea what pitch yeah, deck is yeah. right yeah. i only can talk about how to make money sure which this you is, did yeah that's why i explained 15 minutes that if you get this this will happen the back office people will pay you so much so simple calculation was in europe your back office person cost you 70000 euros or dollars put all social cost together by using this software you can save three bodies so return is 3x so people will pay me 70000 for a license <coughs> that was the first fundamental on the developed calculation and that's that all both so that's how million dollar came and then i no clue about what software is all about right so million dollar to we have now but how will we make the software then i called few friends from rsc they saying go to bangalore then what did i actually to the whole india my parents had come closer to home if possible then i went to companies in delhi came to <coughs> bangalore even went to infosys to outsource the Correct. product first yeah. then all very expensive the quote was 2 million dollars mm. and i said i don't have that money then i came down to bangalore and started working with a small company called e capital or trigen capital here in bangalore and from there it started so i came down i used to sit from their office and then i slowly slowly built a team so i used to travel so that's what was 2004 onwards actually the work started okay the the eka that we know today yeah, yeah, started today. in 2004 yeah and that's how the we got product got built in one year time because i had done all the product actually design was already done it was coding which needs to be done we got the first customer so customer also liked because i know the so first customer was in netherlands so so uh, very quickly i think two three important milestones <coughs> the first customer first million dollar in revenue what were those milestones like and what did you learn from them i think first customer i think it is about empathy with the customers if you can understand if i understand your pain points right then you are more open to me and then i can give a solution it's a very low cost i'm saying pay me 7000 and you will say 250000 which people understood so therefore i got my first like in first three months i got my first contract and it goes actually first five in five years at 7000 each so therefore we become profitable in the first year itself because cash flow was originating cash flow right so that started happening now question and at that time there was no help in bangalore if you remember we we were coming out of downturn people didn't want to work for any yeah. uh, software yeah. tech company all services company people were going back to services company so very tough time to even hire and retain people at that point in time so we went through that process so first five customers we got implemented correctly now another funny scenario came now the to grow we needed bigger deals for softwares and you, as you know a topic of discussion today is how to do sales right so back then that was a big issue now so i remember we got an rfp from very large it's like a 50 billion dollar company they send us an rfp for a product in coffee trading and risk management so we filled rfp we had no clue how to fill an rfp in bangalore there is no skill of how do you bid for an rfp which is going to be 4 million dollars from a product and product perspective so we filled the rfp the ceo recently <coughs> called me he was a russian guy he said you guys just don't know how to even fill an rfp don't ever talk to me don't ever contact us it was my mistake to i thought i'll give a chance to an upstart from bangalore please never ever engage with us you guys are not prepared at all so <laughs> everybody is it's like that silence and like yeah, one minute brutal, yeah, yeah. yeah brutal and all of us sitting <coughs> with should i said no problem i will go and meet him i called him back immediately after 10 minutes uh, i said dimitri i want to call you back i want to come and meet him he saying please don't come and meet me i'm already 
you don't know my ceo is going to laugh at me so don't show your face i said fine doesn't matter i am going to fly to singapore tonight i will see you in the morning i am in singapore i'll be in outside your office if you have time 15 minutes you come and meet me so i took a flight singapore airlines went there in the morning sent in a starbucks <coughs> sat in a starbucks for some time there at dimitri i am here any time you are free 15 minutes nothing is going to change in life 15 minutes of coffee he came down at 12 o'clock he came down so that coffee meeting 15 minutes become a 3 hour meeting i walked into the vision why we doing it why we the best is it here we as indians we are still learning the art of communication to be very frankly speaking and especially we are very poor in sales but that is good for you because i am giving you the right content so that 3 year actually become a really a turning point and then we went on to win our first million dollar contract with them wow yeah that become a multi million contract for us so that actually really blew us into totally different league is that a customer which is still there yeah customer is still there so that actually is the biggest turning point what were experiments and failures uh, before journey so far yeah. till such point actually absolutely was more or less smooth so far post that i mean if we if you look back at the past few years what there things that stand out in terms of learning yeah after after this event yes yeah. so i think the hiring sales people i hired my first sales person uh, in netherlands what i did from the first customer there was a trader who wanted to come to software he he said i want to hire fine come that is a mistake if you want to hire a sales person then you hire a sales person don't hire a person who is a user turning to be sales person ஒரேன் So I called this guy uh, his name is Rick I called him and he says uh, you know please don't call me nothing to do I said why don't you meet for half an hour for coffee and I will come to wherever you want me to come to I am happy to come to Connecticut he was based in New York or we can if you are coming to London it's easier for me I can he said fine I am flying to London this week since you asked him for a coffee I am happy to meet you at Heathrow that's what we did so i flew to london next week and he came to this thing and that meeting again become a turning point meeting this is your experiments with coffee huh? <laughs> <laughs> coffee that's right huh. basically never take no for a no basically yeah and this so so that he also like the vision and he joined it so with him actually we built the entire sales organization that's another second so key hire so first was the funding second was a million dollar sales and then third become the key hire to build the international sales operations my other thing is a lot of time is spent on this thing called product market fit <clears throat> now sometimes people really mean it most of the times i have also noticed it just used as a term to either demean someone or, or whatever right yeah. uh, what has been your experience in building a product that is actually needed i mean very simply uh, ask of what for which people will pay for what what has been your journey on that front yes yeah, so i'll explain to you a bit in a, in a modern context so from uh, so from there we went on to then probably <coughs> making the company right so now the question was the next phase for the company because people still saying taking a lot of time so time is an issue the entrepreneurial journey is how to build more value in the company so now we moving to a platform based thinking so the question is now how do you define the product market for a platform when you have a point solution you look at a point solution and you say fine build it for a, you have a need for heart disease i can give you a pill for heart disease right but now you build a platform which can give you heart disease and also give you a, a medicine for your knee how do you do that 
so product market fit to my uh, to my mind is the repeatability of the same product or same offering bought over by the same persona time and over again and paying you the value for which he can get return for that's why i define the product market fit so, hmm. so so take an example right so let's say if i am selling you a sales software to a sales guy so every time i have to sell to a sales let's say crm to a sales person second sale also to a sales person same persona it has a repeat so repeatability has to be one very big factor so individuals may change but the persona stays yeah right? persona stays yeah so i am always selling to a cfo or i am always selling to a sales officer or i am always selling to a cio but in this world even persona are changing now the oh. buyers are changing isn't it? no no the persona will not change your titles may change okay your persona means what is your problem so let's say let's say i, I am making med- i'm giving so medicine is a good example because the pharma goes a similar process right so if i'm developing a medicine for heart disease right so my persona is all asians are prone to cardiovascular disease this age eating this much from this decision right so that persona does not change persona is linked to the problems that you're facing because you do some work and therefore you are facing some challenges in your work so your persona has to remain same repeatability in the product has to come which means your features are not changing every day there's certain set of features which is a minimum version 1 which you are able to sell and then people are willing to pay for it and then also become an advocate for it so that they have got return from it because you may got fox first time you may buy a wrong product but if you don't turn differentiable and you don't become an advocate my sale will not happen so these are actually the four important pillars for for product market fit and then comes how big is the market size that's a different subject but that's how the product market fit is now <clears throat> before we started recording this you talked about investing 10 million dollars in in a future product or platform uh, how and why would you do something like that when you have a cash cow kind i mean from what yeah. you are telling me yeah. and from what i hear it is a cash cow yeah. business right 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 so chill and why <laughs> i think my my vision my vision is to and that's why i also help entrepreneurs and invest in companies my vision is to build large scale businesses from india I think that problem is not correct. But how do you really scale the venture at a very fast pace and really, you know, win over the world in a different scale altogether? That's the mission. So in our industry, what we found out, you know, my view is that whole enterprise software sector is going through major disruption right now. So you will see emergence of platforms like we saw Netflix and Uber and and Ola of the world. And in if you look at even in enterprise world, you have now Salesforce even consolidating so many softwares. Workday is emerging as the next platform. so you will have or or let's say uh, slack is a latest collaboration platform so i think platform thinking is going to take the a purpose over the point solutions and the reason behind that is on a platform thinking your per unit cost of launching product actually comes down by exponentially is 1x so 10x 1 by 10x difference so platform means i should be able to so if i have a platform i can launch first heart medicine by let's say 100 million dollars but next medicine and launch only cost me million dollars that's the, that's what the platform thinking is which means you able to solve multiple problems for an organization at a very low cost so the value proposition start matching substantially so therefore the platform thinking will emerge the many areas which are not been handled especially the middle market in the US and world globe is not still not properly it enabled so that will also grow quite a bit a lot of companies have been traditionally focused on fortune 500 and <coughs> fortune 1000 but middle market i think is a market which is open from from an indian ecosystem perspective so in in, in few years or <coughs> maybe couple of years i don't know you will definitely cross 50 million revenue yeah and then comes the 100 million <coughs> that people call valley of death or what whatever yeah. you call yeah. it right how are you looking at that journey or, or is there a journey for you 
200 million at all because there is also a tendency uh, for because building products is, is a long painful journey yeah. by the time you hit 20 million 30 million or 50 million revenue you are like fatigued completely right, right. so help me understand with this lens as well like if there is an appetite to go to 100 million yeah there is an appetite to grow more than a billion therefore we have invested so much money in the core R&D I think fatigue comes when you are not when the mission is not there when it's a daily job therefore it's repetitive so for me fatigue is not there because I'm trying to solve the basic problem actually I'm not trying to solve the problem just for a particular industry right now. <coughs> At a grassroots level, I'm trying to solve a problem of Indian ecosystem that how do you really build a venture which can really scale very fast above $100 million and can stay and continue to grow. It's not the journey doesn't stop at $100 million, right? How do you really make... See, if you look at a, a typical co- global company or a US company, right? They don't stop at $100 million is the first pass, typically. Obviously, they have 30 years of experience behind them. <coughs> and then they look at creating a billion-dollar uh, revenue company, right? So the, that's the, what the idea is, that how do you create platforms which can be so sticky, which can scale at enterprise scale? At a global level. Is there a playbook? Yeah, so that's what we're creating. That's the reason we created, you know, F6 and we, so Grish, uh, Anish and uh, Shishank, all of us come together to create that playbook. See, playbook can only be created once, once one of us do it to some extent. Yeah. Otherwise, playbook cannot be created. Yeah. So now at least I have early thought process that A, anything I'm doing today has to be a platform from a long-term vision perspective. B, it has to solve the problem for much larger markets. Right? Then only the scalability will start coming in, right? And three, it has to be repeatable. So if I can do three things, you will see a huge uh, revenue play coming in in a couple of years. And and what has been your idea of funding growth? Uh, you have had great customers, repeatable business. Yeah. You have also raised good venture money. Yeah. So so as we go forward, how do you look at uh, funding? How, what is your philosophy uh, on? on so I'll give you. So I have a very value-driven concept of funding. When I say value-driven, I'll give you a real estate example. When I came to Bangalore, people building smaller buildings, 300 apartments, 400 apartments. So that is called a point solution. So funding required for that also maybe 100 crore. Yeah. Then we went to a township. Shantiketan was the first township. So funding required was 4,000 crore, say so 10x of that, right? But the value creation also is 100x. So I think that the question is that is your vision going to go to a 40,000 crore revenue or a 100 crore revenue? The funding is defined by that. So if I am building a township, right? Then somebody has to trust me, but I will then invest 100 crores in building a township first. Then only I can build houses on top of it, right? Similarly in the software also. So if your vision is to create a 100 million and above business, you will end up spending $5 million in the, in, in the product creation. Otherwise, your product will not scale to the level that you want it to scale later on. And second, uh, which is a big tool in entrepreneurship is the time. See, all of us somehow think that hurry is the best thing to do. Because that's what an investor wants, which is, he's right, because he's coming for a, a specific time horizon. But for entrepreneurs, it's a lifetime journey. See, whether you clock the problem today or after five years, you will still get a similar satisfaction. But investors will obviously not be able to manage that because they have to return money to their... So from an entrepreneur's perspective, time is another very big aspect. So if you put money and time together, that's how I think about funding. So I think of the funding that if I raise a million dollars today, how best can I utilize it? Am I creating value from it today or not? But this is a very important point you make, Manav, because uh, <clears throat> at least in this age, when we are seeing companies that are getting funded fast, clearly VCs have that 7-10 year kind of a horizon. Yeah, which is right. Yeah. Which is right and it serves their LPs. But a lot of entrepreneurs are also behaving like with, with, with that mindset, right? Uh, so decisions you make as an entrepreneur, everything becomes a reflection of 
that time horizon yeah. you are saying entrepreneurship is a lifetime journey yeah. so help me understand that from decision making so think of it so for entrepreneurs lifetime journey and investor is your passenger on board who's <coughs> paid you the money he wants maximum value for the money that is paid like he's going on a ship he has to reach on time he has to get his return he has to get his entertainment value right and a full value for money so that's how it, so therefore at the time when you onboard those passengers is the key so if i build a if i onboard generous before i build a ship then they are going to cry that ship is not built i have given you the money what are you going to do with it so when you on the building stage get an investor who understand what a building is about he understand the ship building can go wrong he understand you want to make mistake in the building phase itself so he'll give you enough patient capital right mm-hmm. then when you are come to a stage when you know the ship is built and it can really sail and it can you build a great ship then you get passengers who say fine it is built now i'm going to give you money for operations or scaling it up that's what call you growth capital right so i think the kind of investors you get in point time is very important and the, their profile will change yes yeah, profile will change obviously <coughs> so as you continue to grow bigger and bigger the profile continue to change and second i think uh, uh, investors are your partners i think the challenge is coming the maturity with entrepreneurs are not there i don't think it's investors mistake as much it's entrepreneurs who is leading the leading the whole charge right he should tell his investors that because market is such it's going to take me time therefore the the partnership aspect has to come in and therefore the maturity of entrepreneurs <coughs> how to manage board how to keep them informed there's some tough decisions that you have to take in the process see i personally feel coming from an this is very honestly impelling coming from middle class for a lot of us indian entrepreneurs the first money is very important yeah. and coming on you know economic times right about you people start talking about you self give you so much of high a <coughs> lot of time the mission get lost but if you get now i think it's not the case because i think entrepreneurs have come out of that picture social societies also improve now entrepreneur can work for really building value um on a more <coughs> final note and i think we should do more of these conversations uh, uh you have a sense of mission in what you are doing and you are clearly not fatigued or even if you do so, so how what is the other side of entrepreneurship for you uh beyond work and i'm not necessarily trying to ask you a question how do you go for vacation i mean of <laughs> course you all do but <clears throat> entrepreneurs are also humans so end of the day there's only so much that your body can take on yeah. okay so how do you deal so, with it i think entrepreneurship to my mind uh, actually uh, is a bigger person journey than the business journey because you go through a coming from the background that we came from we never saw that kind of you know ups and downs no my i had little bit advantage with my father but in general we don't see that much variability in your daily life right <coughs> so how do you manage variability second with every stage entrepreneur also has to evolve so if i have to change my company into platform company i have to first understand it change my thinking then only i can start working along with you so the amount of change that entrepreneur absorb is tremendous So therefore I think the family plays a very big role at least in my case that is the case so a lot of time my wife and my children are I spend a lot of time with my family instead of socializing as much <coughs> that's why you don't see me in, uh, in many <laughs> events so i personally feel that entrepreneur journey is a bigger personal journey how do you manage your emotions how do you grow as an individual because you continue to manage also the professions at different scales right so when we were 1 million the kind of professions you attract are different at 30 million the kind of global professions you hire are very different how do you assimilate the cultural change with them So personally I think I would say it's a personal journey personal change journey any <coughs> key learnings from that personal journey that you can share I think change is here going to stay I think the biggest thing I see is that people stop changing and they left you know time warp because you were successful in the first 5 million is no guarantee that you'll be successful at 100 million or 30 million 
So how do you get open to that? Because you were a darling of the street, you were a darling of investors, a darling of your employees, and now you are not. So I think to come out of that is a big thing. And how do you handle things when things are totally against you? There are many situations, as you also know, when the board is against you, employees are against you, market is not working. So how do you motivate yourself? Apart from just making money, right? Because money is the end goal. Money actually entrepreneurs always get in the end. It is a journey which is counting at this point in time. So my learning is that you know you have to be open to change at any given point in time. The faster you can change, faster you can learn, faster you'll come out of it. Did you ever think of quitting? A lot of time, you know, my, my wife and my children say that, you know, why, why are you going to work? Why are you working so hard all the time? So I think it's linked to the mission in life. So for me, it's not hard work. Right? It's about the ability to make a change. Otherwise, people are going to... The everyday question, do you have enough money to survive? Why to even work? But work is not work. Work is a mission. That's what... So I want to change the entire uh, agriculture space. In India, for example, we are beginning to do that now. So that's the mission. So mission-driven, <laughs> not really work-driven approach. God, speed, Manu. This is really fascinating. And I hope we will capture more of these insights. Thank you. Thanks, Pankaj.